Hello, and welcome back to Spocktober. Spocktober. We are the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Anthony. And my name is Chris, 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 Chris. Just once. Here on the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast, we watch and review straight to stream science fiction and science fiction adjacent media. And for the month of October, that includes horror-themed Star Trek episodes. I see you got your plaque back out. You removed yeah. all the decorations from your uh, from your wall there as you're redoing it. Mm-hmm. But every time we, we stream or record, you've got <laughs> one decoration up, and it's a different one every time. I think it was a ner- the, the Nerf gun. It was a Nerf gun last time. Yes, yes. So. This is Spocktober 3, or Spocktober. the third, third episode of Spocktober. I'm not sure. Spocktober. I'm not going to. I'll stop doing okay, it. Okay, it's time. <laughs> uh, the first episode, we did a creature feature. We did mm-hmm. the man trap, season one, episode one of TOS. For episode two, we did season six, episode five of TNG, and alien abduction episode called Schisms. Which, now that I'm thinking about, not sure why it's called schisms. <laughs> There's like one schism, and it's well, schism, a little unclear. By definition, is a split or division between strongly opposed sections or parties caused by differences in opinions. So I guess you could say that this, the schism would be between the two planes of subspace, right? Correct. Uh, sorry, okay. I, I got... We were getting in the weeds in the introduction. <laughs> I was referring to just it being plural. But fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Why don't you tell the people what we watched for episode three of Spocktober? Whispers, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Whispers is the 34th episode of the American science fiction television series. Star Trek Deep Space Nine is the 14th episode of the second season. All right. So uh, you already touched, uh, you, you tapped the nail on the head there. Uh, we had a creature feature. We had an alien abduction movie. This one is slightly different. I was trying to think of what this one, like what other movies or what other things that you might watch that would kind of be like this. And I settled on a few. Okay. Um, the the Adjustment Bureau. Mm, not really horror, unless yeah. You count well, I mean, just Matt Damon's just, acting. <laughs> I just meant like when everything. Yeah, the the conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah, nothing is what it seems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. North by Northwest. Mm. And then okay. Uh, <laughs> Trading Places, uh, believe it or not, with uh, Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. But I there mean, were a couple others that are like kind of related, but not related. The Village. Did you ever see The Village? No. No, I have, oh, uh, I have standards. Fair enough. I mean, we watched I did this. watch The Adjustment Bureau, so I guess my standards <laughs> are in question. <laughs> but like where, so in The in the Village, uh, spoilers in 3, 2, 1. Yeah, I'm aware. Uh, as it turns out, nothing is as it seems, right? Ooh, nothing and is so, as it seems. But I couldn't think of another instance. I mean, aside from that one episode of TNG where Beverly Crusher's old man friend, everyone. The candle episode? No, 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 no. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) No, you're not. You're not sorry. No, the episode where um, she... uh, Oh, yeah. She has her friend on board and then she falls into Wesley's science experiment and ends up in an alternate bubble universe. Something like that, yeah. And then yeah. everyone sleeps. I'm surprised you didn't go straight for Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> uh, That's which, true. Which is it's what true. this is. This is Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but told right. from the point of view of one of the Snatchies, like one of the Snatchers who doesn't realize they are the Snatcher. And I just gave away the goat. If you have 
a passing interest in Star Trek. I know you do, Chris, more than passing, oh, but I meant the yeah. audience. And you're you're thinking about, oh, should I watch Deep Space Nine? Should I not? You know, whatever. You're just a casual science fiction or casual uh, Star Trek fan. This is an episode to watch. Like, this is a non-skippable I mean, not because of a plot or anything, but because of how good it is and how it's unique just really it is. Yes. Yeah. I rewatched Man Trap. Uh, I, as I said, I was going to. I said I was going to, uh, I think I mentioned that episode. I'm going to watch TOS and I'm going to rewatch that episode as I do it. Uh, and I did. I rewatched Man Trap. And something that was pointed out to me was, as I rewatched it, was that it didn't have a B story. There is no B story in Man Trap, yeah. which is something that's very uh, prevalent in modern Trek or, or in 90s Trek, comparing it to TNG, even comparing it to schisms where you had uh, the B story being Data's poetry. It's a small B story, but it's there, right? <laughs> this episode goes like goes against that. It does not have a B story. In fact, every scene in this episode centers around the same character. There's no cutaways. There's no aside there's nothing else going on it's just it's all told from this one character's point of view mm-hmm. with a nice couple of twists and so it it is pretty unique not just in star trek but i think in television as a whole this episode um so i definitely definitely recommend it so if you haven't seen it there w- will be spoiling some things basically all of it i mean we've basically spoiled it already by saying invasion of the body snatchers we basically we've done we've done did it but it's a it's a really fun episode let me uh let me get some facts out of the way i think i just gave away the goat as far as my first impressions <laughs> do you want me to blurb before you give some facts that is the first fact please <laughs> chief o'brien's world is turned upside down for when no reason whatsoever he is being ignored by his family and friends and is closed out of every essential job on the station. Mm-hmm. This is sitting at, on IMDb, sitting at an 8.1 out of 10 star rating. The median score of 8, 32.4% of the votes being an 8, 25% a 9, 17.8 a 10, 15.3 a 7, and everything else is below 5%. Very, very positive. As we mentioned in the blurb, this does center around Colomini's character, Chief Miles O'Brien. He's a fan favorite character. He's a fan favorite actor. He's fantastic in this. They really couldn't have picked a better character to do this story around, especially with how essential he is around the station and how he gets around on the station. I think if they had done uh, Major Kira or Commander Sisko... Is a commander at the time? Yeah, Commander Cisco. Uh, they're too high level. Doctor Bashir is just in the medical bay. What else is he going to be doing? Uh, so this is, I think, the the best character for this story. Like it's very well thought out. Okay. Sorry, I have a lot. No, of, yeah. I have a lot of things. No, that's fine. Why don't you uh, you, you Do tell I... us what you thought? I'll shut up <laughs> for a minute. My initial thoughts and opinions, please. Uh, yeah, I, you nailed it. I guess I completely breezed over Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's definitely an influence. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and warn everybody now. Uh, you might hear some agitated meowing. Uh, since it is October, um, I can't leave my cat outside all by herself because people are horrible and do very bad things to black cats during the month of oh, October. Oh, you have a black cat? Yes. Captain Janeway. I did not know that. Yeah, I think you saw her. You've seen her. Or maybe she didn't come out when you came nope. over. Every time I've yeah. been over there, she yeah. has hidden. So I've actually <laughs> never. I, I I don't know what she looks like. Just like the real Captain Janeway. Anyways, um, <laughs> what's great about this episode? I've got a couple things that make it great. One, the resourcefulness of Chief O'Brien. 
but also like definitely a man who understands his reality and knows when something's wrong like just the way like he picks up on it pretty quick like i think within the first because the we you know we open he's um doing a ship's log and immediately do a flashback to when he like wakes up and he had like a long night the night before and he's talking to Keiko, his wife and their daughter, Molly. Uh, He just knows immediately that there's a problem. Like he doesn't know what it is, but he's just like, there's something here. I don't know what Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. I also enjoyed for the most part, everyone's behavior, like the way they act around him, I think is really fun because what you're, you're essentially telling your actors when you're looking at the script is like, okay, Colm's going to be O'Brien, but spoilers in 3, 2, 1, he's not O'Brien, but you have to pretend that he's O'Brien, even though that you know he's not O'Brien. So like everyone, their tics, their body language, you watch other episodes and you watch this one, everyone's different. Even Jake, because first he doesn't know that there's a problem. So he's real friendly and outgoing and he's talking mm-hmm. to the chief. And then later on when he sees him, he's... Yeah, he's going to, you know, rat him out or whatever. But, like, just his, the way he frames himself in the shot, like, he shoulders, he squares his shoulders, he presents the broad side of his body, like, differently. Yeah. You can't get past me. Like, I'm, I don't trust you. I don't want you to get behind me, kind of thing. Very interesting. Very neat. I also, uh, I, I kind of enjoy the alien look there. Eh. <laughs> it's yeah, all right. It's all right. Uh, For one I mean, scene, you don't, you know. Yeah. Would you get a pack led? I Which guess I missed the pack lid. Yeah. Pack lid's hanging out with Jake is hanging out with a pack lid. Uh, this just in, Jake is responsible for blowing up the pack lid planet. Uh, it was a frame Big, job. It was a layered frame job. Yeah, the parada. Mr. Cisco. Yeah. <laughs> the paradans. But yes. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I I mean I think I've kind of tipped my hat already. It's it's a great episode. It's one of my favorites and it starts a tradition <laughs> of putting Chief O'Brien into intense physical and or psychological pressure. <laughs> uh, it is the first of the O'Brien Must Suffer episodes. <laughs> O'Brien is seen as kind of a, an everyman character because he's the only character in Star Trek up to this point that is not an officer. Even as a civilian, I'm thinking of civilian characters, they're all doctors or scientists or whatever. He's a main cast member who is not an officer He's an yeah. enlisted man. He is a blue-collar worker who went up through the ranks, more or less the hard way. He's out, literally outranked by everyone. Yeah, everyone but Jake Sisko outranks him in this show. So he yeah. puts in the work. He has that ethic that, that a lot of people would associate with uh, a blue-collar. He's even pro-union. Uh, he has ancestors that, that he talks about. That he wasn't just a you know a man of whatever. He was a union man. Yeah. Because of that, you do bad things to O'Brien in the story, and suddenly everyone's like, "Oh no! Oh, don't do that to O'Brien!" Like it means something different, I think, than when you're doing it to everyone else who's maybe a bit more larger than life than he is. Was he ever an officer? Are you about to point out TNG plot holes and inconsistencies? He was called a lieutenant at one point. Uh, He had a pip, but once they developed his character and he actually had a name and then he had a a more recurring role, uh, no, he was never an officer. Oh, I mean, it's just a TNG retcon. Yeah. Continuity errors aside. No, just because he he served as a tactical officer at some point on the Rutledge, Mm -hmm. I think with Commander Maxwell, because they sing those Irish songs. If I recall correctly, that was explained as 
a battlefield promotion. Hey, we get do this. We need because oh, they were yeah. in the middle of the Cardassian War and mm. no one else okay. was available or whoever else was doing it died, and so they just he stepped up Neat. when needed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which is like, yeah, that's that is a good good point. He's a very interesting character. We've talked about him before, I think, when he came up during Lower Decks season one, when they made the reference to the Chief O'Brien, uh, the fan comics or whatever, where he's just him standing by the transporter console, just just waiting. This in my windowless room, waiting for cool yeah. things to happen. <laughs> well, I think they also they, like they had a statue. And they said he was yeah. the most important member of the Federation. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was a great great gag. I like Chief O'Brien. I think he's really fun. It is interesting, like because I don't. You're right. I I can't think of anyone else ever in Star Trek that is an NCO. Like I just I yeah. can't think of another another character. Which is funny because he's a chief petty officer. Yeah, <laughs> but that's, he's not an officer. No, that's just naval. Yeah. Uh, right, senior, right, right. Yeah. No, it's just it's just funny. There was yeah. one enlisted man in an episode of TNG. He was the victim of a witch hunt. He had lied on his application because he had. Uh, Romulan heritage, but he said it was Vulcan oh, heritage to get on. Simon Tarsus. Yeah, I remember him Simon being enlisted. I think originally the idea was that, I think uh, when I say the idea, I think Roddenberry's original vision of it was there were no enlisted. Everyone was an officer, and that eventually fell apart because, uh, I don't know, reality. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it is what it is. Well, I mean, it's the future. I mean, we can have whatever ranks we want to have. I mean, That's ensign true. can ensign can be whatever it needs to be. But yeah, That's true. Simon Tarsus was a crewman first class. Regardless, kind of swinging back to this episode, it is full of paranoia the entire time. Everyone's acting funny. Everyone's not quite there. Like he went and he met with these aliens and they're going to come and have negotiations for peace because they've been in civil war for however long and he forwards all that information over and then he's supposed to be helping oversee the implementation of the security but he's being locked out i mean at one point they tell like the computer tells him he doesn't even have security access anymore which is a huge red flag everyone's kind of being shifty about it he's being pushed to this job and that job uh, there's a little bit of sabotage on the the stations that he has to go fix. Calling it a needle in a haystack would be doing it, you know, be generous or whatever. But at the same time, since we're not seeing the other characters when he's not there, we're just seeing the way they behave around him. Mm-hmm. There's still the case that it could just be paranoia. I think for like the first half, the first 20 minutes of this 40 some odd minute episode, it could just be paranoia. It could be something else. I think the real big turning point for me, when I watched the episode originally, or to my rewatch it, the big turning point for me is that Odo gets to the ship or gets to the station. Chief O'Brien talks to him right away, like, hey, this stuff is going on. I need help. And the next time he sees Odo, Odo's obviously acting like everyone else. And that's when he says, oh, they got to you too. Yeah. The paranoia is, is at peak. But at that point, you're like, okay, something is absolutely going on. Especially because, I mean, thinking back at it, like Odo doesn't have a brain in the same way that everyone else does. Like he's not as easily manipulated by anything. If this is like something infecting people or is it uh, somebody controlling people or whatever. So that, I think that's the really, the really big turning point. I mean, cause like Bashir being taken over is whatever, you know, like <laughs> Jake yeah, acting actually, funny, whatever. We, yeah. We actually hope that Bashir is. <laughs> no, we love Bashir. He's our no. third favorite, no. fourth favorite doctor. <laughs> shoot uh you know what he's he's probably even, my th- even third favorite doctor 
Even Mbenga is better than him, and Mbenga has mm. been in like six episodes of television. Uh, Mbenga, well, Mb- <laughs> no, I think it actually. I think in my list it goes Crusher, EMH, Bashir. Fair enough. But most of that's like later season Bashir or later later seasons Bashir for sure. I remember when I rewatched Deep Space Nine last year, and I've talked about this on the pod before. When I rewatched it with Cat, and uh, the first couple episodes, like Bashir and O'Brien are at each other's throats, and O'Brien yeah. just cannot stand the guy. And I was like, I turned to her, and I was like, they're going to be best friends in a season and a half. <laughs> She's like, no, that's not true. At the beginning yeah. of season well, three, they're buddy old pals. They're like, they're just hanging out. And <laughs> well, what's funny about Deep Space Nine as a show? You can look at the correlation, like some of the characters are very similar between TOS and TNG, right? Everyone always says Riker is just Captain Kirk if he was 35 instead of 25 and not a captain. He's mature, even as boyish and and, and, and childish and churlish as Riker is, he's still an adult, especially when he's like... And he's in the room. He's the adult, right? Sure. They pretty much like definitely subvert expectations because you're like Bashir is supposed to be this. He sees himself as a womanizer, but he's really just kind of a jackass. Yeah. Who's clumsy around people and just he he doesn't get it. He's he just doesn't get it. He's young and egotistical. Yeah. <laughs> Cisco is unlike any other commanding officer we've had pretty much like up until that point. Yeah. Kira is Tasha Yar. If Tasha Yar had been written correctly, probably the first time. You think so? Tasha yeah. Yar. I think in the original draft, I think anyone who didn't know this did know this, even if they'd never heard it. In the original draft of D Space Nine, Major Kira was supposed to be Ensign Rowe or Lieutenant Rowe. Yeah. Or whatever rank she would have been at that time. The, the actress didn't want to do it. And I, you know, I go back and forth sometimes. I'm like, man, it would been really cool to have her there. On the other hand, I, I really like Kira. Um, yeah. So I'm glad no, we, Kira's great. I'm glad we no, got I just, her. But she is. I guess I meant different. the, the head, like the headstrong, outspoken, fully feminine. Mm-hmm. badass like yeah. she exudes all of those traits and like tasha just i think tasha just could never put it together no like, but she, she just, yeah but she she, had all the, she, she had also all the, died from a tar monster but yeah. she could <laughs> think about season one tng but you're right this this could have been where tasha ended up five six seasons in, like when or three yeah. seasons in, whenever she got a little bit more developed yeah okay but back to whispers um <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna this is uh we are on topic Having him like do a bunch of busy work is really funny because like I I think in like the first four or five episodes of this show, like he complains about like all the busy work that he's having to do, like all the the retrofitting, correcting all the Cardassian issues. It's a lot of fun. It adds to the whole blue collar everyman thing where he's got to got to work another double. Like, yeah, who works? (laughs) Like, why is he working doubles? Why is he the only one that can do this? Which. Now that I'm saying out loud, he might just be a bad manager. If he <laughs> he's the chief operations officer, but he can't train other people to go fix this random stuff, I don't know. But it could just be the the level. It's that what is one of those things like, and I've this probably pertains to a lot of different career fields where the senior guy has had to work with very little and has had to jerry rig stuff up so much that it's just like, well, I hope no one else touches this. <laughs> it's like this, this house of cards that I've built, yeah. unfortunately, it's done two things. Number one, it has given me job security. Number two, it means I can never leave. Which <laughs> Not bail. I mean, at the end of the series, he leaves. And I'm like, who's going to fix the station? Like, what? What's happening right now? Cisco. Cisco's C- going to fix him. Cisco from inside he, from inside yeah. the uh, the magic god wormhole. He's the emissary, man. He's looking out <laughs> and he's just watching the EPS relays just in case. That's like <laughs> that takes up a third of his time as a god or a For demigod sure. or whatever he is. Yeah. <laughs> 
can just imagine. Just a floating ball of light, yeah. yeah. Every time the station goes down, Kira just lights a candle, prays to Cisco, please fix the transporters. Yeah. And he's like, fine, hold on. <laughs> I think Deep Space Nine is a great place for a conspiracy theory episode, mm. like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Like all the, it's very much that like that episode of TNG where they go to that planet and there's that guy that can escape any trap. And so like where yeah, he's yeah. just got like, he didn't necessarily do like all the site to site transporting that he probably should have done, but like, Oh, you're going to force field me in. Cool. Yeah. Everyone's force fielded in. <laughs> yeah. Now you have to turn them all off. If you want to get me clever. Did you think like, like on a scale of like one to 10, like how, how fit is chief O'Brien? Like he's like, you know, he didn't engage in any fisticuffs in this episode that I can, that I could really tell. Like he didn't get into any, like a double handed punch fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. So unfortunate. I, I don't know why no one like swarmed him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think one man. <laughs> they were, well, they were afraid of triggering any sort of latent programming, sure. you know, and but he doesn't hurting himself or hurting others um, or exploding or something. I don't know. He doesn't know that, but everyone else. Yeah. Who knows? You're right though. This, this is a good setting for it. I don't think that this would have worked on really any of the other shows because you're on a ship in D space nine. I mean, they're, station is full of civilians is full of people coming and going and mm-hmm. there's characters that aren't in starfleet and it's a it's a lot more a lot more precarious political situation like if this was on the enterprise they would be like hey come here <laughs> <laughs> no they would have detached the saucer <laughs> section probably oh uh, it spent 14 yeah. minutes reattaching it yeah you're right yeah but even on a smaller I and mean, especially on a smaller ship because I think all of the other ships have been smaller. Voyager, uh, Enterprise, Original, even Discovery. I don't think he would have gotten a... We wouldn't have gotten the same story. Not in the yeah, same cause way. Yeah, because Deep Space yeah. Nine is supposed to be like... It looks like it's big, but it's like really big. Like it's so big that the Enterprise D, like when it docks, like... There's room for three more. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Each of the pylons could hold a galaxy-class starship. Yeah. yeah, and they have on occasion. It's it's fantastic. It's huge. Let's see size. The only thing I wish this episode had done is spent maybe five more minutes in that cave at the end. Maybe had mm. a bit more interaction between Replicant O'Brien and O'Brien Prime before O'Brien Prime gets replaced by O'Brien. <laughs> uh, I forget which. What do you want to call the other O'Brien? I don't know, man. He, that, O'Brien that guy's, Kent? No, like, because there's that episode where he comes from the future into the past and fixes something and then continues to live out his life. I don't know, man. It's some craziness. O'Brien is, by the end of the series, like a few seasons from now, is not the original O'Brien or is a different version of the original O'Brien. It doesn't matter. More interaction between O'Brien Prime and Replicant O'Brien would have been, uh, I think, the nice little cherry on top. Like, spent a little bit more time with the, the twist because we get to the end, he gets shot he escalates things unnecessarily or maybe necessarily from his point of view. He ends up getting a phaser to the the gut or the chest. can't be saved. So he dies. We could have had, I mean, it could have went a bunch of different ways, but having more time to relish in the duplication would have been, I think pretty nice. Like what's the process? Mm -hmm. So he was a biological like copy, right? He passes all the tests. Brashear couldn't find any difference between him and the regular O'Brien. Yeah, I'm assuming he's a clone, but they don't use the term clone. They use the term replicant. So who knows what that, if there's any sort of nanotechnology or something involved, any sort of mechanics. Yeah, I would have liked to know a little bit more, like what's the trigger? You know what I mean? Like what Mm -hmm. would it have been? Like like we don't, (laughs) 
We don't know. We don't get the we don't get the scene where O'Brien goes home and he sees Keiko at the door and she's like, "Hey, do you remember that time that you someone made a replicant of you and it like tried to have sex with me?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't touch me for like a month. Yeah. That's <laughs> cuz I don't like, know who's the real who. That's not like Keiko would do. <laughs> Keiko is, I understand her more in my last watch through, but watching through the show as a teenager, the least favorite. She was worse than Troy. <laughs> my gosh. I mean, but you, you talk about like, what was everything? How did it work? I mean, that's like a, a two thirds of the technology we get in Star Trek that shows up in one episode and never shows up again. You're like, but but sure. how does this happen? Do you not remember that the Star Trek, the, the Starship Enterprise uh, D finds a Dyson sphere? Yeah. Which is this giant sphere, it's in the name, that surrounds the sun to get the energy from the sun and basically uh, power an empire just off that one Dyson sphere. And it's this huge discovery and it's going to change everything. And they find Scotty stuck in a, 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 what is it, a transporter buffer for 50 years or whatever. They never mention the Dyson sphere again. The thing is awesome. Like that's, that episode is so cool. It was broken. Like there was a yeah, problem with sure, it. I sure. Rem- no, I remember I, that. No, I like, know there was, but you could still, no. there's so much more there. And we're kind of getting that with Lower Decks where Enterprise D is like, man, that's cool. All right, on to the next thing. And then other sh- science vessels show up and spend the rest of their careers studying this thing. The Cerritos yeah. is, on, and Lower Decks is kind of doing that where they just kind of show up afterwards and here's the supplies and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, back to Whispers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's a very original idea. Uh, reading through Memory Alpha, I guess the original plan was for him to not be remembered by anybody mm. and find out that there's another Miles O'Brien still on the D hanging out and no one here's ever met him. And it, I guess that was the original play. And then it, it, they didn't like the amnesia thing as they were re- writing it through. And so they, they iterated it. Um, but I think that's also like the whole conspiracy thing. That would be more like that episode you were mentioning with Crusher or her yeah. friend and all that. So I like I like this take. It's a bit more original. That's a lot more fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot more fun. It's very entertaining throughout the... Like, those are the best episodes of Trek are the ones that take you on a ride. Like, you said it earlier. Like, this this is not an episode to miss. Right. So... You don't skip this yeah. episode. There's lots of episodes in early TNG or early Deep Space Time where you're like, ah, they get sucked into a board game? Ah, all right. We could skip this one. Uh, <laughs> all of them are rain. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> as far as the horror aspect of this, because that's what we're we're doing. I mean, the whole everyone's being replaced and there's a conspiracy. This one's more of a more of a thriller than a straight horror. There's mm-hmm. no real body horror in this. It could have taken that turn, but it's also primetime television in 1990 or uh, whatever, five or six. So it doesn't doesn't quite commit. I think out of the three we've seen so far, this one's the least scary, the least horror. Yeah. Episode. It was just so good. We wanted to do it. Heck yeah. Okay. I was, I was, I'm glad you agreed that (laughs) it's great where like the way that we make the podcast, we just both bring stuff and then see how the other person reacts. But uh, so far today, we've just been agreeing so much that we're just kind of blazing through this. This is great. Yeah. (laughs) Getting distracted. We're like, yeah, yeah. We're more or less just, we're just celebrating this episode is what's happening. We are in agreeance. We have reached a quorum. (laughs) Anthony. Yes, Chris. Did you find an idiot? I guess it's got to be Replicant O'Brien for escalating things at the end. On the other hand, like maybe it's Commander Sisko for not just throwing him in the brig. <laughs> you didn't have to explain anything to him. Be like, you're here for now. We'll explain later. 
it would have stopped everything. But I guess they were trying to figure out what he would do, who he would report to. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, it, that's it, the whole thing. Yeah, like when you said that, when, when I asked, like, why didn't they just swarm him? You said, well, you don't know how you react. Like, I wonder if getting locked up in a jail cell, like, activates Order 66 or something. And we are 43 minutes and 52 seconds in. Yeah, so I, I get that part. So I guess then I, I would say Replicant O'Brien for escalating things at the end and getting himself shot. But also, yeah. like, that alien guard has a gun to him and he's being told not to move. And then he's like, but I'll just be right back. And you're like, no, don't move. I will shoot you. And then he moves. So you know what? It's that guy. I don't know who that guy is, <laughs> but he's the, the guy who has a gun on him, a phaser, whatever, and is like, no, I'll move around. It'll be okay. <laughs> I, um, I can't necessarily disagree with your premise. However, I find it difficult to assign the label of idiot to someone who believes that everyone else in the world is wrong. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. You see all these these movies, they have a lot of inspirational quotes, like even Captain America, he's like, doing the right thing is uh, doing the right thing when everyone's telling you it's wrong or whatever he said. I don't know. Wow, that was what excellent. Whatever Captain one for America one. said. Captain yeah. America Civil War <laughs> quote or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Stand it still when the whole world's telling you to move. I don't know. Whatever the quote was. And so that like, was it. It, yeah, you got it. Miles O'Brien, replicant or not, is taking a huge leap of faith, right? That like yeah. it's not me. You know, they they say the hardest the hardest part you're ever gonna have trying to convince somebody who's wrong is, is like when they come to the conclusion that everyone else is against them. That's when your walls go up. That's when your brain activates whatever stubbornness chemical gets flooded into your body. I don't know how the brain works. That's science. And so he spends 30, 40 minutes of this show under the impression that everyone else is crazy. It's not him. It can't be him. Why can't I be right? Yeah. And so I, I can't assign him the label of idiot for that because he's a desperate, he's in a desperate situation. I don't... It's got to be Cisco. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because you I feel like everyone so angry when you said that. Everyone should know. How does Odo not know? Right? Like you say, like you know, he talks to Odo, and Odo acts completely different later on. He's like, "Oh, they got to you." No, Odo should have known before he got to the station. Jake should have known. Hey, there's something wrong with Miles O'Brien. Don't talk to him. I can't tell you what it is, but if you see him, just ignore him. Find an like, excuse hey, to leave. Yeah, O'Brien, I'm sorry, Miles. I, you're great. You're a great guy and everything, but it's 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 me. It's not you. I gotta go. I, I, maybe they couldn't tell Odo because they didn't want to put it. I put a communication out that fake O'Brien might intercept. You can't meet knows. him at the gate. Yeah. You can't meet him at the door. Hey, uh, Commander Cisco, what is it, Kira? Odo's shuttle is going to be here in five minutes. Cool. Tell him that I'll meet him at the docking bay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're. I don't, I, you're right. It's got to be. It's got to be, be Cisco. All right, well, I agree. So we got Cisco and the alien guard who's got spooked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean. Okay. I. I don't. I want to ask who we cast as Kelsey Grammer, but I don't think we can. The only way Kelsey Grammer could be in, could be in this episode is if Kelsey Grammer playing Miles O'Brien. Oh no! So now we're too. Deep. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. No, hold on. Hold on. He's the only one who sees Kelsey Grammer. Everyone else sees Miles O'Brien, so he's like, "No, guys, it's I'm not me. Oh, I'm like somebody you mean else." A completely different episode is what you mean. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So no Kelsey so, Grammer this week, or this can't episode. be Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. No Kelsey, no Kelsey Grammer, which is unfortunate because he's like the 17th best actor of all time. Wow, bold statement. <laughs> I got him in my top 16. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, oh man. All right, man. Well, next 
on the docket, and I have to look it up. We are recording this so far in advance that we don't know what's next. But uh, this is releasing uh, a Thursday, so definitely uh, <laughs> check us out Monday for another normal non-Spooktober episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. And then uh, next Thursday, we'll have our final Spooktober episode where we'll be checking out The Haunting of Deck 12 from Star Ooh. Trek Voyager. Yeah. Spooky. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, the word haunting's in the title. It's got to be spooky. That's why we chose it. <laughs> in the meantime, if y'all enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, follow, do all the things, hit the little heart, whatever you got to do to get notified whenever new episodes are released. We'd appreciate if you drop that five star review on Apple iTunes or Good Pods. And actually, I found out you can drop five star reviews in the Spotify app. Oh, yeah, not on the desktop app, as far as I can tell, but on your on my Android phone app. I was like, oh, I could rate this podcast I'm listening to. Neat. Uh, so any anything yes. that uh, you do as far as ratings and reviews and sharing it obviously goes a long, long ways and costs you nothing but a moment of time. So we really, really appreciate it. If you have suggestions for other straight to stream science fiction that we should check out, please email us scifiwiseguys at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on the social media, Twitter and Instagram at scifiwiseguys.com. No, there's no dot com. There's no dot Always com. Always dot com. There's no dot com. There's no Stay dot healthy. Com. Stay hydrated. Um, <laughs> and I guess don't let repli- don't let the replicant get off the station. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Just remember that your phasers have a stun setting. Yeah. They seem to always forget <laughs> that. <laughs> No, it's 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 like the, they have a stun setting when it's necessary for the plot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Seriously, though, have you noticed that they don't stun when they should? Like so often. Like that happened in Man Trap, right? They have a stun setting. They stunned the man, and then when it's the monster, they're just like, "No, nah, shoot it, kill it, kill, kill it, it with now. fire." Kill it now. <laughs> I don't know why this stun isn't the default.